Welcome to the Infill Podcast, where we interview the most interesting members of the 3D printing and maker communities live and with audience participation. And now, here is your host, Jonathan Levy. technical difficulties but today i'm joined by jerry gomez the creator of the print house on youtube he's a fellow content creator 3d printer engineer and all-around maker extraordinaire so i'm really excited to get into the episode you can see i'm in my working around the shop clothes and hairdo so aren't you glad you tuned in to the video version and with that let me welcome jerry who had to tune in by his phone so uh, we're going to make do with the quality we've got. Jerry, welcome. How are you? You're a little cut off, but otherwise, how are you? Oh, gosh. Well, how are you doing? How are you doing? Yeah, sorry about the whole technical difficulties thing. I'm Cameras over here, but it works in one program, but not, you know, in, in the in the streaming program. So I have no idea what's going on with that, but I, I apologize. But I'm happy to be here. Happy to be here. Yeah, you are here, and uh, I'm excited to get to know you better. We've chatted before, but I've never heard uh, your story. Um, and I'd love to hear it. I'd love to know more about it. So I didn't do your bio justice. Give me a little bit more info about who you are, how you got into 3D printing. Uh, you know, what's your day job? Tell me all of it. Yeah, yeah, for sure. So my bio, yeah, I'm a huge, I'm a huge AI guy. I use ChatGPT for everything. So I basically, and I do this, I do this all the time. I go to ChatGPT and I give it my, my bio and I say, reword this to something that sounds a little better. <laughs> And whatever it outputs, I'm like, yeah, you know what? That looks pretty good. Let me reword this a little bit, reword that, and then let's go. But so I, as you as you mentioned, I'm a computer engineer. Uh, I went to school for engineering all the way since the beginning of high school. Uh, I went to uh, I had engineering classes, and that's kind of really defined where I, where I where I kind of went. And so uh, after high school, uh, one engineering class a year, it was it was fantastic, an awesome experience. Went to college for computer engineering, and uh, it was a fantastic experience. I, I mean, I, I've had a fantastic college experience, and it, of course, led me to where I am today. Um, and um, my day-to-day -day job, I do uh, data analysis uh, for a pretty specialized project. It's really, really fun. Uh, and I had the reason why I'm doing 3D printing almost exclusively is because uh, I had a friend. That was a roommate. He had one Ender 3 and he talked to me about it. It was, he said it was the coolest thing ever. And I've seen him and I saw him use it at my house. And then uh, I went back to work and talked about it with some people at work. And one of my good friends at work, he's like, yeah, yeah, you need to get it. You need to get a, a 3D printer. So here we go. So I got one 3D printer and then I went down a rabbit hole and started a business with 3D printing. So I needed more 3D printers to keep up with demand. And of course, you know where that goes. You get one, then you get two, then you get ten. So now, here I am. How many do you have now, out of curiosity? Oh, gosh. Well, because so before I started doing YouTube and before I started, you know, doing product reviews and then buying more printers because I wanted to, you know, show them on the Internet. I think before that I had six, five or six. I can't remember. Wow. Two under threes, two under sixes. The Sobol SVO2 with uh, two extruders, so I could do two colors. Uh, so that's, fi that's five. Uh, it might have been five. 
Um, and then uh, ever since YouTube started, uh, you know, some Kickstarters went out. I, I backed some projects on Kickstarter. And now I, I'm above 20 in a 150 square foot space, less than that. So it's, it's pretty bad. So you're on your phone, which is, uh, let's turn uh, lemon into lemonades. Can you give us a tour since the-, the Oh gosh, yeah, let's, let's see, how do I, if I can figure out how to make this thing work and change the, change the view. Just do, you know, show the screen. To well, so, oh gosh. I, front facing to the camera two front facing is that how it wants to work i don't know but maybe i don't know but maybe it doesn't have to happen it doesn't have to happen oh the back there we go well so this this room is very very tiny and some of my printers are actually uh some of them are not here i sent a couple of them with a brother-in-law but so there's a printer in there that's my snap maker a250 this thing's fantastic i wish i could use this thing a little bit more uh then i've got some anchor make printers here some creality printers here some more creality printers here a printer down there that thing is a total shell i disassembled i disassembled that thing like crazy a couple printers down here my bamboo lab x1 carbon and then there's one printer that i have in the living room still in a box i've got this printer still in a box this is actually one of my favorite budget friendly printers um but i mean overall do what the whole time we only saw the whole time we only saw no way wait can is it good now oh my god wow you are okay well i don't know it's this software is this software is going crazy on me so yeah so this is a less than 150 square foot space for everything. And I can't show you what's over there because uh, there's something a little bit secret. Uh, but, I mean, this, this place is crazy. So there's a Snapmaker A250. I don't wanna go over you know everything I just said, but you can tell it's, uh, it's cramped, right? My Bamboo Lab X1 Carbon, this is what I have to do when I go to uh, try new printers and make content. I have to take printers off of tables because there's no room. <laughs> Wow. And I've got some. Yeah, and, and then I've got some printers in the garage as well. Wow. All right, turn uh, us back around. For the sake of. Oh. So there we go. Yeah. Maybe now. But. Okay, there we go. Do what? Yeah, I was hearing myself for a while, but all right. That was a harebrained idea. Oh, God. So, oh, man. So. You got into 3D printing just as a consumer, not because of so much because of your engineering background and education. Uh, how long have you been making content? Gosh, okay, yeah. So, yeah, 3D, that's exactly true. I got into 3D printing because just wanted to. And then when I got my printer, I was like, what do I do? And I, I started the 3D printing business because I wanted to, uh, I wanted to reco recover the cost of filament and stuff so i could print for fun and um so that's how i got into 3d printing making content i don't even know when the first youtube channel i made was the first successful channel if you will uh is probably i probably started that in like 2011 maybe when i was uh all of you guys probably know the name roblox i was one of the original uh users of roblox and i made roblox content 
I, I was making Roblox content before there was a million users on the website. Now there's 250 million monthly users. <laughs> so, but, uh, so I was making content all the way back to 2011 and there was some moderate success there, but I wasn't old enough to really, uh, to really make much of it. Wow. That's wild. And you kind of wanted to create content. You wanted to stick on the, the kind of content path and then 3d printing is what clicked. Yeah, that's just, uh, you know, I, I don't want to call myself a nomad. I do at the moment cause, uh, that that's, I don't, it, it sounds kind of bad, but, uh, 3d printing is what is, that's kind of what I've done kind of going through my life, but 3d printing is at least the way that I can tell it in my own life. It's one of the, it's one of the one things that I've had the most passion for. And I don't, I don't, I don't foresee stopping 3d printing anytime soon. It's just something that, you know, as, as I, I just enjoy everything about it, making stuff, showing people stuff. You should see my desk at work. I take all of my large, cool items to work. So very cool. Very cool. Yeah. I love, I love to share the world so with the sharing 3d printing with the world. Can you tell us what your day job is or is that kind of more secretive? Yeah, no, it's not really. I mean, it's not as particularly secretive. I just, I, I do typically leave a lot of you know, like work stuff and, and, and online stuff separate, but, um, it, it's, uh, it's pretty basic. Um, I'm, I'm an engineer, I'm a data analyst for a, for a small project and I, uh, it's, it's a very specialized project. So, all the data that's being analyzed, there's not, I can't, I can't just go to Google and type in, how do I analyze this project or whatever? So we have to work or so we have to develop in-house custom software. What I'm doing at work is developing in-house custom software. And then when we need to actually do testing, I use that software to of course analyze the data, but that's actually something that plays, it kind of meshes really well with, um, with YouTube because in YouTube or on YouTube, if you don't, if you don't look at your statistics and how your channel's growing, and if you don't look at each video individually, you don't really know what your viewers like and don't like. So you don't know how to grow. So I think it, it actually, my day job actually pairs very well with YouTube and, and it helps me continue kind of growing in that sense too. Yeah, I was gonna ask you, and then I've asked you this before, but do you ever see yourself doing 3D printing and YouTube full time or? Do you feel like it's always going to be a side hustle for you? Yeah, you know, I feel like uh, I feel like I could do it full time. It's a matter of uh, how comfortable I am with, I mean, with YouTube. Everyone, everyone that does YouTube full time has to at some point be comfortable with their with their monthly income. Um, at the moment, I'm actually building a new uh, a new studio or a new house, which is going to have my new studio, like tripling or roughly tripling or maybe a little more the space that I have for YouTube. And at the moment, my channel doesn't generate enough income to actually even pay for the current space, let alone the new space. So, wow. but yeah, so we'll, we'll see where all that goes. I, I, I wouldn't, I wouldn't mind doing it full time, but it's not something that I can see doing full time at the moment. Very cool. Well, it's super impressive to me that you managed to get content out while having a day job. Cause let me tell you, I mean, granted you don't have two kids and all that, but let me tell you, it's like, I'm always blown away by guys like you or Stefan or Daniel at Modbot. 
because I can barely get a video out a week and I have given up everything except for this. So it's super impressive to me when people are able to, uh, to do both. Gosh, yeah. Well, you know what? I don't have a full team. Everything you see, it's all me. Like, I don't claim everything I do is perfect. My thumbnails are not perfect. My editing is not perfect. But I can't just continuously go into into debt, you know, and hire a team and stuff. So it's very, very difficult. I wish I could make more content. Uh, but as as you mentioned, limited on a whole bunch of factors. So, but it, it's 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 really fun. I love it. If people in the audience haven't seen your content, you know, let's say that Aurora Tech Channel is all reviews and Stefan is all tests of, of different materials and properties and techniques. What would you say is like your niche that you've carved out for yourself? Um, and like what? Jeez. What's that? It's a tough uh, question. I was like, yeah, I said, geez, that's a really tough question. So actually, my channel, if, if, even if I go back six months and look at the content I made six months ago versus today, it's very different. Um, so I'm trying to, I'm really trying to learn what my audience likes and what level of content and uh, a, a time of content to what, what they want. So to, but I really, what I enjoy doing the most is creating uh, fun, entertaining YouTube shorts and YouTube shorts. Uh, that's not something that's really big in this space right now. There are people that will pick their phone up aim it at their 3D printers and record the 3D printer and post it. But there's not someone in the space that does YouTube shorts specifically with high editing value or high editing content. Um, so I like to do that, um, but it doesn't do as much for the channel in terms of sustainability. So it's not something that I can only do. <clears throat> yep. I would say JJ Shankles is the exception. And he's blown. Oh, yes. Is he? Yep, but you're right. We had him on the show and, and he shared his process a little bit in a previous episode. And it's, I mean, it's, uh, it's fascinating because it's like the same platform, but it's so different. Like what he has to do to get a video out. It's, it's the same in a lot of ways, but it's different. Like the economics of it are so different and like the, the weekly yes. are so different. Um, so that's exactly. Yeah. And yeah, I, I actually do watch his content, so I don't know how, how that, you know, kind of skipped my mind. But yeah, it's 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 totally different because the the editing process and the or the production process as a whole is is completely different because of course I do I try to do I try to make one long format video every other week mm -hmm. if I can manage it. And then at the moment my shorts content is low for other reasons. But when uh I did some testing and I did uh, one short a day for 30 days. And when I did that and that, and I'm not like, you know, the high editing content kind of uh, video. And when I did that, I saw significant growth, very, very rapid growth uh, in the channel and shorts viewers and long format viewers are different. So if you want to do both, you have to, you have to do both. You can't just do one and expect, you can't just expect them to, to watch both uh, sets of videos. So, Yeah, absolutely. And I've been told that and I've been told shorts viewers are not going to watch your long form content. And it's hard, you know, shorts are monetized, but barely. So you really got to find sponsorships and opportunities. And sponsors are not yet willing to fork over cash for a 60 second video, which, you know, you or, or less. Yeah. 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 I'm, 
I've got some videos. I've got some short videos that are over the million view mark. So one of them is at uh, maybe eight or nine million views. And unfortunately, that video really took off after uh, shorts were monetized, or sorry, before before shorts were monetized. But after they were monetized, it still generated maybe like a million or, or two million views. And the revenue from that video is 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 very small. I mean, it's less than a hundred bucks. And that's yeah, that is for a million or maybe two million views or something like that. So I can't like at a channel my size, if I have one video, if, if my videos average between 10 and 30,000 views, <laughs> we're talking literally pennies. Yeah, super, so, super hard to to make that work. Exactly, which is why I mean, and I, I do enjoy long form my videos, and I'm sure you can get the same satisfaction out of this. It's like you you start from a you know blank slate, and then when your long format video is done, you've got a 10, 15, 20 minute video, which is a full production, and it's it's satisfying to to see how you went from nothing to something completely uh completely like custom, obviously, and and that's that's you. So so I like I like long format stuff for that reason as well. Very cool. Very, very cool. So tell me, let, let's talk 3D printers. People have told me that the stream is buffering like crazy. So I think we're going to make it a shorter one because a lot, basically there's no one watching live anymore. So we're going for the recording. Um, you've built 3D printers, you've modified 3D printers. What's the one that you go to uh, when you just need something to print? And then separate question, which one do you love the most? Oh gosh. Okay. So I, let's see. So when you have so many printers, I know you probably feel the same as well. Um, so for my business, the way my business operates is I, I have custom designed parts. And what I typically do is I print a large stockpile. This way when I get orders, I can just go to the, I just go to the order shelf or the, the, the stock shelf and just pull an item off. I don't have to print on demand. Um, so, uh, when I do that, typically the first printers that I turn on are my AnchorMake M5 printers. Um, they, it can, you know, I'm sure a lot of people have heard of them. They're very, very hands-off. They're, it's, it's, it's not as hands-off as the bamboo printers, um, but in my personal experience, they just work. They just work, and they're, uh, they're Wi-Fi enabled from the factory, so I just load up the slicer, send everything over. I don't have to deal with walking through this tight maze of a room, and uh, it, I guess it just works. And so I've got two of those. They print relatively quickly, so I turn those ones on first. And then after that, uh, depending on how much volume I need, I turn other stuff on. Um, what do I like the most? I would also say the bamboo, or not the bamboo, the uh, AnchorMake M5s, but ever since I got Max One Carbon, that thing, it's very cliche, but that thing is just, I mean, it, it is just that good. Yeah. The print quality is fantastic. Having four colors available, it it, it takes the level. It takes a print from from here all the way up to here. Having different colors and and it just works. So it's it's I very fun print with colors that much, like multiple colors, but just not having to like load and unload filament is such that a that too. When also that, like my printers are spread out across three different places, like my house, the studio, and then two different rooms within the studio, and then at my in-laws. So it's like just being able to like know, okay, I have these four colors in the printer, 
And if I go home and I decide I want to print, you know, the finishing pieces for this wall, like, okay, I have map black loaded. I go home, put my kids to bed, shower them, all that stuff. And then I can just print whatever I want overnight. You know, it's like such a game. Yeah. Whereas with every other printer, it's like, shit, I left orange in the machine. I think I left, I don't even know what I put in the machine, you know, and it does the same yep. Bamboo does, which is, it's huge, you know? Yeah. And, and that's actually, that's something that I think people, people talk about it, but I don't think people talk about it as much uh, as, as multicolor, but it almost is just as valuable because I do the same thing. Like right? typically, I mean, right now it's a little bit of, I'm looking at, it's a little bit of a different story, but typically I've got just, I've got, you know, four or sorry, two, two colors and then white and black loaded because white and black are just default. Let's, let's print something. Let's use white or black. And sitting from my desk without having to get up, I can just, as you said, change the color and then click the print button and it works. I don't have to get up from my desk to check that with the camera as well. Check that first layer is good. I don't have to get up to go check that. It's yeah. the right color load filament. Oh, it's just, it's, it's, yeah. it's a suit. It's a breeze. So. Yep. I'm with you on that. I'm totally with you on that. So is that your, your favorite printer then? At the moment, probably yes it's hard it's hard for me to want to have a favorite printer because over the last few months i've had so much cycle in and and so if i get hung up on a printer then i may be not doing something else justice so like previously i mean I, really the best way to, to the really best way to categorize stuff is you know favorite printer in x category for x reason or this or that and so like Previously, I might have actually said the WizMaker P1 is my favorite budget-friendly printer, and that's something almost no one ever talks about. A lot of people probably don't even know the name WizMaker. It was a yeah, so they were a uh, Kickstarter printer, and I don't know why I backed them, but the printer really just looked cool, and it had strain gauge auto bed leveling for like 250 bucks, and I was like, yeah, I'm gonna try that, and it just works. Like I have to use an SD card, but the firmware, the screen firmware is beautiful. It's not this hacked together one man job. It just works. But recently I got a new printer in the studio. It's the, uh, the Mingda Magician X2. And that's another budget. Like, so if I'm, if I'm talking budget friendly printers, that's even cheaper than the WizMaker. And it does everything just as good. String gauge auto bed leveling. Z off, it doesn't auto calibrate your Z offset. But other than that, it does. It just works. So like, <laughs> there's so it's so hard to like define what a favorite printer is without going for without really specifying category. But yeah. And what kind of stuff are you mostly printing? Like, is it a lot of functional parts, a lot of decorative stuff? You said you have a business, so you're selling prints as well, right? <laughs> yeah. Oh gosh, I could talk about that for hours. Um. So that's one reason why I started doing YouTube is because I don't just pull my printer out to print thing on printables. I I don't find it entertaining to find this new sculpture on printables or, you know, the, the, the number one winning award for the current printables contests. I don't typically enjoy just printing things. So um, I, for the business, I've, you're going to laugh. And everyone that watches this is going to laugh. Uh, but I have an automatic cat litter box and it's fully automatic. It scoops the litter. It pumps the litter into the toilet it's i don't do anything yeah. but it has movable parts and they fail often and when they fail people need replacements and the company the 
the company is the worst, the worst. They won't sell you half the stuff that you need to actually make it functional to break. So I started selling, I designed custom parts that were upgrades, modifications, or replacements. I started printing them and selling them. And uh, I don't do a lot of income with it, but I do somewhere between uh, between probably eight and $12,000 a year wow. in just selling that stuff on eBay. No, no external advertising. That's awesome. just, yeah. Also, and it reminds me, by the way, that I have to thank today's sponsor, which is PCB way. So let's, let me not forget to do that. Cause I usually PCB way is your one-stop shop guys for really anything that you need fabbed whether that is PCB production, obviously, but they'll also do industrial 3D printing, CNC machining, sheet metal, fab, injection molding, or really anything that you need. They can do one piece for you, or they can do a thousand pieces or even more. Uh, so make sure you check them out. Use the link in the description. You get a $5 welcome bonus. Everyone I've referred to them has been blown away by their quality and service. So make sure that you check out PCB Way. All right. Sorry about that. Had to pay the bills. Oh, hey, makes sense. Hey, you know what? Let's talk about that for a second. Yeah, so yeah. I have worked with PCB way before as well. And this was totally unplanned, by the way. So I've worked with them before and I've received some metal 30 prints from them, which is, I don't know. Have you received metal 30 prints from them? Have you tried that yeah. service of theirs? I haven't had a use it, for it. Want to. I, yeah, I haven't had it. So I don't really have a use for it. I just thought it was cool. So like, let me, let me try this. It is incredible, like like actually incredible, the quality of some, and like a custom design part that can't be machined that you can get in metal. Like it, it, it blows my mind. Totally wild. It's totally wild. And like the fact that they'll do it for you piecemeal blows my mind too. Like how exactly time to like slice it and do all, you know. Like exactly. And, um, I recently went to uh, Rapid TCT 2023. Are you familiar with it? Yeah, yeah. Okay, so I was at Rapid this year, and uh, the Mark Forge Metal X was there, or Mark Forge was there, and they had their Metal X yeah. printer. And so that was one. That was one of the things that I made some small, con small, short content on. That that one actually blew up. And if you, I mean to be able, this machine is one hundred and fifty thousand dollars. It's not cheap. It's not something that you're just going to put in your house at home and print out of metal. But the ability to take something from your computer and print it in metal, I mean, it's it still blows my mind. Totally. You're, it's it's not the same as getting like, you know, something in, uh, in, in a like milled out of a block of aluminum. You're not gonna make a wrench that holds up to the same quality, but I don't know, it's, it's crazy. It's just totally crazy. Completely wild to me. And like the fact that we've gotten there is completely wild to me as well. Um, yeah. Let's see. What else have I not asked you? So you're mostly printing just for your business functional parts. What's the last thing you printed? It's probably one of those, hey? Uh, actually, no. I, honestly, one of the last things I probably printed is this guy right here. I uh, this is uh, I guess it was a girl actually. Um, so uh, are you familiar with uh, you have to be Flexi Factory Dan from Flexi Factory? Yeah, yeah. Well, so I tried to expand my 3D printing business and I tried to uh, print flexibles and sell them on uh, Etsy. And in my personal experience, time-wise and amount of revenue that it was generating wasn't enough. So I kind of shut that down after about two months. 
but um this these things are awesome and it's not just dan anyone any artist that does this stuff yeah and does it well it's just it's fantastic so i these are one of the only things that i actually print uh for fun and whenever i get an email from dan that he posted something new on patreon i i pretty much always open an email and look it up and i'm like i keep it in the back of my head i'm like when when is the next time i can print this and uh and yeah i don't know when, when's, next, when's the next time i can print this because i i don't know they're just awesome they're awesome to play with yeah and i'm also always looking for things like you know you get a filament sponsor and you're like okay now i need to print a bunch of stuff to show off this cool filament and you're like well i don't i, don't, I mean i don't need anything i have 15 printers running it all you know? <laughs> there's like nothing that I what do i print so i need to print some what? cool stuff i recently printed this little guy which is supposed to be half the size of that. It's yeah. a robot dog, but he I doubled him up, which you shouldn't do, and they say you shouldn't do, because he can't support the weight of himself anymore. Oh, gosh. But he's cool, and he like bounces and stuff. He falls over now, but he's really cool. I think I'm going to print a little one just to keep on my desk. Oh, gosh, yeah. Actually, that's something, that's, that is one thing I typically do. Whenever I put something in the slicer, I always upsize it, I, and I don't even go two hundred percent. I typically like click it, and I click that little dot, and I expand it till I'm like, oh, you know what, that looks about right. And it's like I, yeah. I take things that are that are this big, and I make them this big. That, I think that's one thing that's actually pretty fun, seeing small things big and big things small. So yeah, what's your uh, what's your biggest printer right now, build volume wise? Right now, oh gosh, actually, I think right now is probably going to be my Ender Six. I don't have a large format printer. I haven't, I don't have the space for one. Yeah. So uh, I've had the opportunity to get some, but there's nothing I could really do with it right now. I, I don't know where I'd even put it, but the Ender 6, and I don't even, there's no, like I can't use that much build volume. It's just not possible. Um, I'm, creative, man. Uh, well, I'm looking at a I 500 mean, cubed printer oh, on the other side of this room. I know, I actually, like, I think I was like, I'm like, babe, that's you insane. Coffee table, because I think I'm gonna print a new one. He's like, can I can I print a stool and use this as like my new chair at the desk or like what? Yeah, 500 is big. It's not big enough to like print a full size chair, but I'm. I'm you could print a chair in pieces and then assemble it. Totally. I think I'm gonna actually print the coffee table for the other set that I'm building out now that this. Oh really? Out. That's a, yeah. That, that's super cool. Why not? Um, there's. There's something to say for big prints, but uh, one thing that a lot of people don't experience, and I'm actually one of those people, like I've never put a nozzle on a printer greater than 0.8 millimeters because typically it's like, what are you gonna do with this? But you could get those nozzles that go up to like one, one, one and a half, 1 1.8, two millimeter nozzles and like just crank out something in a 500 millimeter print volume. Yeah, yeah, I ordered a bunch of 1.2s and 1.5s and I just got a, just got to get around to it you know i also like yeah five kilos of filament or something and i one i don't have the time to design the table so i might just generate tree supports on a slab you know and then like save it oh. and export it like let the slicer do the design for me uh, that's not a bad idea yeah and then the other i the other thing is i don't have i have one kilo one kilo sometimes two three kilos of the same thing but I, you know, I don't want the table to be like five different colors of filament. So. I'm oh yeah, what you need, what you need is to get one of those massive, like five kilogram spools, yeah. and hook that up to it. it 
out. This way you don't have to worry about it running out and you can, you can just print the whole thing in one color. So you ever notice how the biggest and fastest printer, or the biggest printers never have a filament sensor. It's like, I didn't, I didn't know, see, because I don't, because I don't typically go out and watch lots of reviews because I'm always like working on my own stuff. I don't, I don't see a lot of, I don't see a lot of uh, specs on the big printers, but you, you would think they would like, you would think it would have a filament sensor because you're going it, to, it's, it's going to take over a week to fill the build volume, you know? Oh my gosh. So yeah, the, uh, the, um, these large printers, like you're telling me no, no filament sensor. I mean, in my head, I'm like, what what logic did you go through to design the machine because uh because oh my alexa's talking to me what what design did you go through because like a filament set one of those sensors costs like pennies especially when you buy them in bulk and most of these companies they already have them in stock because they're building other machines that have sensors yeah. so like yeah i i don't get it but whatever i'm gonna have a lot of fun with this thing i need to figure out where the hell to put it because it's not going to fit on any shelf obviously as i was say that's one of the things with with those because a lot of standard tables the depth of the table is like 24 inches yeah so you got to have not a, you can't have like a like an office desk you got to have like a kitchen table or something like really big to, to, to house one of those it's going to end up going on the floor under the shelves and then i'm going to raise the shelves above it kind of like a yeah. yeah see that's what but to me, having a large printer like that, don't get me wrong, I'd love to have one and play around with it and try it, but there, there are some things in my studio right now that I love and I want to keep, but I don't know how I can keep it long-term because I have to make a fully customized space for it. Yep. And I don't know if I can, I don't know if I can or want to have that thing sitting there, not doing anything for the end, because I can't move it. There's no other place for it. I gave up the Niji Max 4 for that exact reason. Gave it to a local artist temporarily, but probably permanently. And he's having yeah, the, like my uh, my Snapmaker A two fifty. It's it's the it's the two hundred and fifty millimeter version, but because it's a CNC and a laser built in, you can't really do either of those things in house either safely or cleanly without having an enclosure for it. So I have that thing in an enclosure inside. I was showing I was showing you earlier. With the enclosure, it makes the height an extra, like, I, I mean, I don't know, probably an extra 50 to 100 millimeters taller, wider, and longer in every, like, in every dimension. And it's it's just huge. Yeah. And imagine how the artisan is. They, they exactly. me, you know, they were <sighs> sending out review units for the artisan. And I was like, who's, like, Joel accepted one because he has yep. a huge table there. But everyone else is just like, well, I don't have. Well, he, it, maybe. So if I if I'm remembering correctly, didn't he have that on a different table? Because even his main his main recording table is too small. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Which is wild. <laughs> that's the thing is that's, as big as that, but without an enclosure. But it's a exactly thing. and and these big machines like that. I mean, people that buy them, these are like there's there's a real use case for them. Like people that do uh people that do the cosplay stuff like that. There's yeah. I mean, they have they have a use, but and like there's a company here 20 minutes away called Modix that makes like two meter by two meter by two meter core XY. Yeah, PM. I actually think I've heard of them. I didn't realize they were near you. Um, but there, there, there's uh, you need to have dedicated spaces for, for some stuff like you can't just buy 
like, like an Ender 3 or, you know, Prusa or whatever. You can buy it, stick it on your desk a week later, move it to move it to your nightstand, fit it anywhere. Right. So some some of these really niche products are like you really got to think about what you're going to use it for, where you're going to put it and how long you're going to want it. Because if you're going to you get 500 millimeter cube printer, if you're not going to want it for, you know, a long time to come, what are you going to do with it kind of thing? So. Totally. Well, Jerry, people are complaining nonstop. The two people that are watching that our stream is falling apart. So I do want to get this published so people can watch the replay before their day starts. Um, oh, yeah, yeah. I want to ask you, you know, you have this new studio coming. What can we expect more of from the print house and what's going to change as you build this this new space? Yeah, well, so for one, sorry, you know, of course, this is your stream, but sorry, for all the viewers that can't watch, that's awful. Do what? I'm in an underground space and the internet sucks here. So that's my bad. Yeah. So um, <clears throat> what's coming to the print house? Well, the new, the new studio won't be around until maybe November, December timeframe, hopefully around then. So it's a while. Uh, it's still an empty field, but uh, so for right now, I am looking at trying to expand the team uh, in the near future to get maybe an editor, hopefully if, if I can get an editor, I'll be able to start pumping out some more content, long form content. And the good thing with that is where I, what I really, really do enjoy the most on YouTube is actually making YouTube shorts. I enjoy both. I enjoy both long and short format content, but I enjoy making short format content. So if I can, like, if I can do the, rec the script writing recording of long format content and have someone edit that, then I'll be able to get more of that out to my viewers because I know a lot of them want that. Totally. And that allows me the time to focus on short format content. Um, so if I can get that in play and if I can find the funding for that, then there's gonna be hopefully fingers crossed like two or three times the amount of content, both long and short being pumped out onto my channel. Um, yeah. Gonna be more reviews, more projects. I, I love long format content project videos. Uh, so hopefully fingers crossed I can get more into that, so. Awesome. Well, hit me up because my assistant Leslie has a side hustle where she helps hire in the Philippines, which is where all my wonderful staff is because I just love Of course, work. of course. I could write a book and I've considered it about how much I love working with Filipinos and just oh. I've been there like three times. I've taken my oh, man. treats there. Like I basically only hire Filipinos. Uh, yeah. Might sound racist, but I think it's more just... I like really get along with the work culture and the family culture there. And I, I just, I don't think that's racist. You know, it's like, it's just, it's, it's just an observation. It's yeah, just, I, there's nothing bad there. Well, here. Yeah. I, I don't know. It sounds weird to say I only hire Filipinos, but I really literally only hire Filipinos. And then my, if you, you know, if you've had good work, if you've had good luck working with them, well, yeah. I wouldn't, I wouldn't change it up. Yeah. Something I'm doing is working. Right. Um, yeah. Where can we find you? You mentioned you sell stuff on eBay, but where should we send people just to the print house or? Yes. Yeah, so with, with, with the whole like day job thing, it's so hard to manage all the socials. It, it sounds like it shouldn't be hard, but it is. So the only social that I actually keep up with besides YouTube is Instagram. So my Instagram, uh, it's the print house YT. I don't post a lot of content there, uh, but definitely YouTube, YouTube, the print house, um, and I try to get stuff up on a weekly basis. 
Um, every week is different. What's going on in real life versus what I'm working on in the studio. It's it's but the print house on YouTube, there will be content every week, uh, standardly. So that is awesome. And I want to thank you for coming on the show. Sorry about the technical issues that my software gave you. And then sorry about my internet sucking. Uh, no, Hey, don't worry about it. I, I appreciate the invite. This is, this has been fun. And at some point, uh, hopefully we can get to do it again. Maybe get the uh, camera working better and yeah, you know, that would be a lot of fun. internet and whatnot. So that would be a lot of fun. Let's do it again soon. All right. Yes. Awesome. Well, again, thank you. Yeah. Thank you for having me. I appreciate it. And, uh, yeah. My pleasure, man. Take care. All right. Yeah. You as well. See you later. Thanks for tuning in to the infill podcast for show notes or links to anything mentioned in today's episode, visit the next If you enjoyed the episode, please don't forget to leave us a review wherever you're listening or click the like button to let us know and consider subscribing to the next layer on YouTube so you can tune in live and participate in the next conversation. We'll see you on the next layer.